Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 on your AM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area. Please be sure to download our Veritas Catholic Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And please be sure to follow Joe and I on our social media, on Facebook and YouTube primarily. You can find us at the front line with Joe and Joe. Like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. Hit that little bell because we're told that does wonders on YouTube, or at least, like I said, that's what we're told. And today, we are very pleased and honored to be joined by Joe Condit. So today it's the front line with Joe, Joe, and Joe. Love it. <laughs> um, and for those of you who do not know who Joe Condit is, he is the founder and CEO of Catholic Speakers Organization, the largest Catholic-focused speaker, speakers bureau in the world. And just by way of an introduction, Joe is an entrepreneur with a passion for his Catholic faith. Over the last 15 years, Joe has both founded and invested in multiple companies across several industries, including tech platforms, food service distribution, talent management, precious metals, and real estate. He founded in 2006 the Catholic Speakers Organization, which has grown to become the largest Catholic-focused motivational speakers bureau in the world. And Catholic Speakers Organization reaches millions of people every year and is considered one of the foremost leading experts on data trends, events, speaker management, speaker marketing, and anything pertaining to the Catholic speaker industry. Um, Joe earned a degree from Miami University in Ohio in 2004 and was named one of Ohio's top entrepreneurs receiving 40 under 40 business award in 2011. Originally born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio, he currently hails from Austin, Texas. Joe Condit, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. Excellent. Joe, we're going to begin with a prayer because all good things start with a prayer, and this is a good thing. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit, Spirit amen. Remember, O oh, most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Joe, I think a good place to start is the mission statement for the Catholic Speakers Organization. To evangelize the Word of God through those that do it best, our speakers. Talk a little bit about who your speakers are and how they basically fulfill that mission statement. And I'm also very interested in where you got the idea for this company. Sure. Yeah, no, like the... Uh... The Speakers Bureau was kind of a reaction that I had in my young, early, early 20s uh, to what was, I would refer to as the Kardashian movement. Um, reality TV started becoming extremely popular, if you remember back in the early 2000s. Sure. There wasn't much uh, to see on reality TV. And, uh, you know, I don't pick on the Kardashians personally, you know, all of us need prayers, but they were just became the forefront, you know, of this message from Hollywood where, you know, sleep around, get Botox, make as much money as you possibly can, and life is going to be amazing for you. And and I saw how much the youth were being influenced by, you know, these ideals and how much Hollywood was influencing our youth. So the Catholic Speakers Organization, then known as CMG Booking, was my reaction to try and counterbalance that message and find people in that same spotlight, whether they were professional athletes, movie stars, uh, uh, bands, you name it, who were willing to go out and not only show what the profession they were doing that people idolized, but also give a message of faith and how God affected them. So that was kind of the idea behind the Bureau. Um, and it's been unbelievable. You know, was, there's times for uh, the evangelist who is kind of the apologetics or, you know, the, the given the th theories of the Catholic Church. But 
my approach was more of taking the layman and our peers to appeal to one another and relate to one another. And that's kind of how it started. And um, before my platform, before the organization, it was all done by word of mouth. No one could know what everyone would call each other. There was no real official spot where you can trust and find all these speakers in one place. So that solved that problem for a lot of event organizers and it just flourished from there. Uh, your second question, how, you know, it was inspired was actually by my middle sister. I'm one of six in a Catholic family, uh, three boys, three girls. My middle sister, Christina, started speaking to other high schoolers as a high schooler and started attracting gymnasium-sized crowds where she was affecting parents and students coming to listen to her talks based on uh, women respect, how to insert your life in your faith, uh, your faith in your life in high school and college, uh, prayer, chastity, you name it. Um, just all the principles of being a good young Catholic in, you know, adult. And I noticed when she started doing that, that she needed a lot of back office help. You know, it's just not their focus coming out to preach the word of God, to think about all the contracting and the details. So I thought, man, there must be a lot more Christina's out there. And lo and behold, fast forward to 2021, we've got 400 plus of them, you know? So it's just been an incredible movement, um, something that only the, by the grace of God could have happened. I never could have imagined the Bureau to create the network it has in Catholic speaking today. Um, I just was trying to help, as the mission statement said, promote those that do it best, you know, to, to uh, promote the word of God through the speakers that we represent who go out and do it best and influence people. My personal joke is I know my talents. God works through fools. God forbid I get on a microphone and place me therapy afterwards. <laughs> so I sit back behind the iron curtain and make sure I, you know, those that do it best are speakers, uh, you know, get that spotlight and influence the world. That's, that's so awesome. And, and especially since I'm glad you mentioned the Kardashians again, we're not going to pick on the Kardashians, but, th but they are, they are emblematic of, 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 you know, our culture. The, the swamp that is our cause. How beautiful a mission it is, particularly going out. I mean, I'm sure a lot of your speakers are not just speaking to adults at men's conferences, but also on college campuses and things like that to get the Catholic message out there. Remember what Fulton Sheen said? You know, there, there. You know, you have all sorts of people that hate the Catholic, hate what they think the Catholic Church is. Very few people hate what the Catholic Church actually teaches so how great is it that especially when it comes again to the youth to have this this cadre of speakers that could go out there and evangelize and 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 make the counter argument against this culture that we live in Absolutely. joe a couple things from what you just said i just want to comment on first about your family um i went to a catholic university and i met families like you just described and it always impressed me when I was in college, like just to hear that story, because that is what a Catholic family does. We are in the world. We're not of the world. You're clearly a gifted person. I'm sure your sister is a gifted person, and I'll bet you your parents are gifted too, but we are at the service of the world. And I met people like that in college, and it impressed me because I didn't grow up around that. And I first want to bring that out because I think that's what all Catholic families have to do. You know, many people are successful in this world. I work at a bank. I work with many successful people. But that's not the goal of life. The goal of life is to bring God's glory on this earth through our gifts. And that's what you did, and that's what you're doing. And I want to just tip my hat to you and your sister and your parents because it's a <laughs> wonderful story, and I have to highlight it because it's important. Secondly, I love the idea that you're basically bringing people who are heroes of the culture to the culture. I don't think we have heroes anymore. The bad guy wins now in the movies. Years ago, the good guy wins. It was Gary Cooper and John it Wayne. It doesn't happen anymore. And I think it's a brilliant idea. Talk about the need for heroes. Like I looked at the list of uh, some of your speakers, like Mike Piazza, great guy. He was, he uh, basically, I think he was like, uh, when he was, uh, what's it called? Came into the Mets organization. It was well, actually, Lasorda brought him in because he's a Philly guy. I think he was, like, drafted, like, in the hundredth round. He became great. This is a hero. People need to hear about him and also about his faith. Talk a little bit about our need for heroes. Yeah, well, you know, you bring up a couple examples. One example that comes to mind that we recently brought on for the Bureau is Boss Rutan. You may not have ever heard of Boss, but America loves the underdog story, right? 
someone that comes from nothing and overcomes all odds. Boss, uh, originally from Holland, uh, was one of the original UFC fighters. It's a violent sport. He actually was known as the godfather of the UFC before they had weight classes. So Boss is uh, stands about 5'8", 5'9", maybe, maybe he's six foot, but you know, 180 to 90 pounds. You could fight a guy that's you know, 6'5", 280 back in the day. Now, why do I highlight Boss Rutten? Boss Rutten comes from an extremely vicious, aggressive sport, a man that had a conversion to the faith, a guy that goes in and you think a man's man that goes out and just takes care of other dudes, but has no problem going out now and speaking about his conversion to the faith and how important the Catholic faith is to him. And that's the kind of heroes, Joe, that you're talking about that we want to highlight. It isn't that he was a UFC fighter. You know, that's second. It wasn't that he's on national TV or international TV all over the world. People know who this guy is. If you Google him, you can see he's got millions of followers, millions of views, blah, blah, blah. It was about the fact that he had the courage beyond the octagon, beyond the ring, to go out and talk about God. To which today, I would argue, does not help his, his career. And he doesn't care. How many of us men, you know, we're, we're all in different organ, you know, different um, professions, right? We're in the food service profession. We're in the finance profession. Myself, I'm in a, in a bunch of different secular things I have my hands in. It's amazing to me, even with myself, how much you step back and think, oh, I, I can't say that. You know, uh, I'll probably get canceled in today's culture. Mm-hmm. Um, this video being aired right now, um, if it gets, you know, hopefully it gets uh, out of the social world and you guys post it, I, I'm un, un, unemployable at this point. At 39 years old, doing these types of interviews, talking about pro-life, talking about my Catholic faith, you know, so I have no choice. But I made that decision like, boss, what's important? The octagon and the fighting? You know, my whatever I'm trying to do and the, and the, to keep the lights on and pay the bills? Or is God more important? And we all know the answer to that. You don't even have to think about it. So you yeah. just trust he takes care of you. But I love that you brought up those two things because it's, it's, it's definitely a cultural battle where heroes have left us, true heroes, the William Wallace's of the world that stand up for the right thing. Now it's don't stand up for anything. Just don't hurt your neighbor's feelings. Stay back. Don't talk about your faith. And just live in your minivan in your suburban house and, and forget. And, you know, don't. That's not what God said. You know, that's, not, that's the exact opposite, actually. What the world preaches us today out of Hollywood and all these trends we've been talking about. It's the exact opposite of what God asked us to do as people. The highest thing we can do is lay people, other than become a priest, you know, or a nun. Uh, but as lay people, the highest thing we can do is evangelize. And that's the whole point of CatholicSpeakers.com, to get those Catholic, the Catholic message out there, which as Catholics we believe is the one true faith. Amen, brother. Amen. I mean, that's what uh, the motivation or the inspiration for our show was a couple of a couple of friends, Joe and I, you know, when we first met, uh, I, I married my wife in, in I met my wife in 2011. And we got married May 2013. In the meantime, uh, Joe met my wife's sister and they got married a few months after. So Joe and I both married late in life. Um, and uh, one of the one of the motivations uh, and inspirations was a, was a good Catholic priest. You know, I'd like to break it to the world. A lot of good Catholic priests out there, regardless of what Hollywood says. Okay. Um, said guys, you, uh, we were sitting around the kitchen table and I mentioned to the priest friend of ours that another friend had said, you guys should be on the radio. And when we were, it was joking. You know, I was telling father, I was saying, yeah, a couple guys said we should be on the radio. Father seized on it, would not let it go. He said, you guys got to get out there. He goes, because that's what the culture needs. A couple of regular guys, not academics, not PhDs, nothing against academics and PhDs because we need them too, okay? But you guys get out there. You got to speak to the culture. You got to do this. And two years later, you know, by, again, by the grace of God, you will know them by their fruit. The fruits have been abundant on the radio and social media and everything else. A couple of radio stations because of that need, you know, that that you mentioned, the need to, to under, mostly primarily Jesus Christ, who is our hero, because he's our savior. But then we could, let's say, for argument's sake, look to heroes who really went outside the box, people like a William Wallace. There's a reason why Braveheart is so popular amongst men, okay? Because they love William Wallace, because he'll fight the English, and he's the underdog, you know? And that's what we got to be, because right now, unfortunately, we're the underdogs. Um, But I do want to ask you about preaching. 
um, in your in the logo for your company, you have the uh, I believe the torch for the Dominican Order, yeah, the, which the, is the Order the of Truth. What's that? The Torch of Truth, correct for the, the Torch of Truth. Yes. Talk that a little bit. Are, are, do you have a uh, special connection with the uh, with the Order of Preachers, the Dominicans? Uh, well, I mean, besides the fact that growing up, uh, you know, in the Catholic faith, and you guys mentioned my family before, and I, the only thing I brag about is I come from great stock. So I always, you know, bless and thank them for giving me my faith, or I actually fell away from for a while and then reverted. But the uh, the Torch of Truth was the inspiration uh, behind our logo because it just made perfect sense. You know, the, the Dominican Order, St. Dominic started, is the uh, Order of Preachers. You know, what better order to be completely or coincide with the Catholic Speakers Organization where we're just gathering preachers and uh, lay people to motivate the world for Christ. Um, the, the logo is very special to me. Uh, when you look at it, there's like three persons in one God. There's three symbols in it. There's the chalice, there's the flame, and there's the microphone. And it stands for everything that's perfect in this world, the Catholic truth, the Catholic faith's truth. So you have the flame. The Holy Ghost, you know, his his inspiration, his grace on us is faithful when you pray and you and you ask him into your life. So that's where most inspiration comes from. You know, we hear that. Then the uh, the chalice, which represents the most perfect act we can do on earth, which is the holy sacrifice of the mass, you know, to God. In fact, as a small uh, fact, a lot of folks don't know, but the most powerful thing you can do for someone, and I'm going to do for the both of you, by the way, um, is have a mass said for them while they're alive. Thank so you, you can count on me to have that done for you all as soon as we get off this interview. Thank, uh, thank you for that. Of course. And then the microphone, of course. That's how we evangelize today. It's the symbol of uh, speaking and getting the word out. So those are the three things within that one uh, logo that we had designed that looks like you know a microphone in and of itself when you look at it holistically. But yeah, the, the St. Dominic and what he did from nothing in his humble beginnings and in his mindset was what really attracted me to him. Um, his mindset is I'm the humble servant. You know, I'm the humble preacher. And you see uh, Mother Teresa, St. Dominic, and on and on and on and on, St. Teresa of Avila, how you have just these humble people and how they impacted the world just by one small act at a time. And that's what I see the Catholic Speakers Organization as. It's not something that's you know expecting to be grandiose, not something that's trying to be a Hollywood agency, but by one talk at a time, we affect the world. And it's been unbelievable to watch that unfold since 2006 because now today, you know, we've we've reached over according to conference attendees uh, reports that we work with, that we book speakers at their events. We've reached over 10.5 million people that have sat in a room and listened to one of our speakers. Thank God. It's very, it's very humbling, but yet, you know, it gives me chills to think about. And, you know, we're trying to just do our little part. And, and that's, uh, that's where we're at today, by the grace of God. Joe, I like the way you think, uh, honestly, because you're mentioning great saints and there are examples. The saints are our examples. They lay the groundwork and they point to Christ. I also want to touch upon that torch of truth. You know, when we started our radio stage, uh, radio show, um, basically, we speak the truth. There's something about the truth that appeals to all people, whether they're in the faith or not. And that is, I love the fact that that is your logo, because the truth is now a revolutionary act to speak it. And if one is bold enough to do so, we'll change the world. That's what Christ did. He spoke the truth, truth to power. We have to embolden, particularly men, to speak the truth, to live the truth, more importantly. Talk a little bit about, maybe even a personal experience, about you speaking truth, um, maybe where it's, you know, not so convenient to do so. I mean, I work in corporate America you know, you, you run companies. I'm sure you've seen, you know, it's a little awkward to sometimes throw a little bit of truth uh, in these circles. Could you talk a little bit about that and maybe show, show us like, like the fruit of that, that you've seen from it? Well, I, man, I have to go, uh, there's so many stories in my head, but I have to go back to when I was really first challenged with it was when I was in my early twenties and I was working on a company at the time that uh, uh, helped bring off-campus housing together. So you can kind of see my, my format. I take the same recipe and put it in different areas. So at that time, I learned the 
the uh, benefit of bringing housing together for college students and, off and on college campuses. And um, I was challenged, and I've never told this story before, but <laughs> I was challenged with uh, having a massive party. You know, I'm a 24-year-old kid. You know, this is right around the time the Bureau may have been getting started. And I had a, I had a, uh, a decision to make on whether we were going to have this party that would benefit the the speaker or the um, the housing company, but knowing that the ramifications of that party, you know, overconsumption of alcohol and some just some other things that were a part of it that just really challenged my faith, including sponsors that were money was going to places that were completely anti-Catholic. So I pulled the plug on it. Um, and I have to admit, I, I really didn't want to. I knew that it was going to be something that would be very beneficial to all my efforts. You know, I lived in my car starting this company and showered in YMCAs because I didn't have enough money to stay in hotels at the time, um, which if you guys learned anything today, your your YMCA card gets you in any location in the country. You're $38 a month. So that was okay, good. Nice. That good was to know. Nice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that was it. And I still try and go there now, my loyalty to him. You know, I'd sleep in the parking lot, I'd shower there, and I'd wake up, put the same suit on, and get after my day. It was like traveled around to 40 different college campuses. But, you know, it. I remember the struggle with that, such a simple, stupid decision. And then having to go to the sponsors and the property management companies that I had pulled together to have this big event and say the way that things unfolded, I had to tell them, I, I can't do this. It's against uh, what I believe uh, as a Christian. And um, not that anyone's, you know, you, you have to be very sensitive not to judge people, but society has perverted this idea of judging versus truth. There's truth. You know, if you look at it that way, Christ was the most judgmental, non-progressive, closed-minded human being to ever walk the face of the earth. He drew you the line, that's for sure. You know, so yeah, there's either truth, but he did that because it's truth. It's better for us as humans. It's better for our being and our well-being and our living. So, you know, that, that was a time when uh, he's at a young age. It's a very insignificant story, it sounds now, but, but you know, to me now thinking about that, how that kind of helped stack all the decisions I had to make as a business person moving forward and the experience of that and getting through that and overcoming it where I was completely scared. You know, yeah, remember I was 23, 24, um, dealing with multimillionaires, you know, and, and uh, something I had created, I just completely pulled the plug on and, um, and embarrassingly, I was very hesitant to do so but ended up making the right decision. And, you know, that's, that's what we all need to do. So that story I hope relates with a lot of people, you know, whether it when work, when you have an opportunity to talk about your faith, I would say never cower. I think that's the, the genius to not use that word in the way I want to, but it's the only word I can think of the genius of the guy downstairs. How do you get to people not to evangelize? You can't go after them and say, Hey, I'm coming at you with guns. You're not going to be talking about God. No, he did it in a genius way, like he always does. He's the mock of truth. He's the master deceiver, the master liar. Hey, let's not talk about Jesus in the workplace. I mean, let's not talk about him in schools. We don't want anyone to get offended, you know? So now he's flipped something that is so good to almost evil. You know, don't talk about it because you're going to hurt somebody's feelings or you're going to be the insensitive one, which is ultimately in our world today, uh, the almighty law. You know, how dare you even come close to offending someone, whether you do it on purpose or not. And that just doesn't coincide no matter which way you look at it, does not comply with what it means to evangelize. The funny thing is, is that you're exactly right. But imagine this. I mean, it, 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 when you use the word genius, of course, we, we understand where you're going because people need to realize Father Karapi used to say it all the time. If you think you're getting in the ring with the devil, he's going to wipe you up and down the ring. So we need to remember that. But the funny thing is in the workplace, you can't say what you believe in, Joe. But believe me, now, I was an actor and I've been I've been a server uh, now for a number of years in New York City. Okay. I don't think I need to tell you or our audience at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Network what kind of a hostile environment that could be for someone who's trying to be a faithful Catholic. You can't say what you believe, but believe me when I tell you, everybody else is saying what they believe, and they don't care about offending guys like Joe, Joe, and Joe. 
So right. I just, just, just throw, so there's all, there's always that, that double exactly. standard. And, and I, I want to highlight what you just said about getting out of the boat. Cause you got out of the boat. Men have to get out of the boat. Christ tells us to get out of the boat. That's how we change the world. You're not going to change the world by staying in the boat. That requires chances. We all need to take those chances. You don't accomplish anything by staying in the boat, whether it's business, whether it's evangelization, whether it's your own family. As a Catholic man, I'm married. We don't contracept. That means we trust God. We trust God. We have children. And how are you going to pay for it? I have four kids under six. My house is nuts, Joe. Just so you know. Uh, like, how, how, how are you going to pay for those kids to go to college? You know what my answer is? People at work, they think I'm completely nuts for having four kids under six. My answer is, I don't know. I don't know, but I know they're going. So you just, that's what it means. You get out of the boat. We trust God. God loves us. You did that. Look what you accomplished. Any person who hears our voice, they could do the same thing. Also, the idea of not only trust, but sacrifice. You know, you took a big chance. You were willing to sacrifice uh, or potentially sacrifice a business opportunity, something that would have gotten you out of that car and the, M and the YMCA, um, and your willingness to do that. So it's the trust and the sacrifice. Sacrifice is a naughty, naughty word in our culture, Joe. You mentioned the Kardashians early on, okay? The word sacrifice might not come up in that household. There's another thing. It's trust and the and the willingness to say, I'm going to take a chance here, or I'm going to sacrifice something, okay? I'm going to sacrifice something. You might have been willing to sacrifice that event for the greater good. Americans have a hard enough time canceling Netflix. That's too much of a sacrifice for them. Right, right. Or canceling HBO, which are no friends of ours. Hollywood is not a friend of ours. No. I mean, certain individuals in Hollywood, Jim Caviezel and people like that, okay? But Hollywood in general is not a friend of ours. And we need to start, especially as Catholic men, to turn off that dial, change the channel, turn off the TV, or cancel the subscriptions of right. those people who would like nothing more than our demise. I, I love that you say that. It's, uh, it's You look at that, it's the simple act of discipline, right? But we can't cancel our Facebook while Facebook is canceling us. I promise you that we get stifled all the time. Our ads are, they don't carry anything that's Catholic. They tell us it's hate speech because you're having a men's conference and excluding women or pro-life is a flagged hate speech word. So it's, it's, it's something that you have to dance around on big tech. So I love that you say that, Joe. It's, 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 it's dead on. I mean, this is the world we're in. This isn't a conspiracy theory. We all saw it come to a head and now they're just, blatant about it you know um for, for decades it was the law we knew it as the long march through the institutions going back about 100 years okay well it's not a long slow march anymore like you said it's right in your face yeah. i wish people would recognize it maybe that that's why it's great what you're doing so because you have again a number of people that are getting out there and making people aware that joe and joe we're doing it in our own way is to say, no, you see, this isn't a long, slow march anymore. Now it's in your face. Now the pedal is, now they're driving. They were driving down, you know, like I say, a, a, a small road, a dirt road at about 10 miles an hour getting to their point. Now they're doing 90 now the down oh, yeah. the New Jersey turnpike. Yeah, we're on an F1 track right now. I mean, it's so blatant and obvious. And that's, that's something that we try and, you know, we hope that the Catholic Speakers Organization does with these events, that it awakens good men to stop being lazy. And I hate to say that, but it's true because there's a, there's a prophecy or a, a quote on that, that, um, that uh, evil prevails when good men do nothing. And that's what we're kind of seeing right now. So how long is it going to take us good men to start, stop you know, making other things a priority and make this spiritual battle, which is at our doorstep, that will affect our children um, and, and, and take it head on because now is the time. There's no more waiting. Absolutely. Joe, uh, before we're going to go to a break in 30 seconds, who are some of your speakers that you have? Oh, man. Well, it depends if you want athletes, movie stars. I mean, we have uh, people that do it, uh, clergy that do it, uh, like Father uh, Donald Calloway. Uh, we work with Father Mitch Packle. I'm trying to think all the names that people would know. We have, you know, pro athletes like Matt Burke, uh, Boss Rutten. Uh, we get the opportunity to work with uh, Jim Caviezel and, and book him for a couple events a year. Uh, there's just a lot of different names. You can go to the website and see. And there's somebody there for everyone, no matter what kind of event you're having. We've got a speaker that's going to fit what you're looking for, or a band even, a religious Catholic band to play music. 
Awesome. I mean, for all the men out there who are doing men's conferences and things like that, I looked at the list of speakers that Joe has, um, and we're going to give you all the information. Go on there. You're going to find somebody who's who can attend your conference or your, your college campus, whatever the case might be, and you're going to get good speakers, good Catholic speakers. Let's take a break for a couple seconds. You're listening to The Frontline with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 on your AM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area. We will be back in a couple of minutes. Hey, you know about our Veritas shows, right? All five? It starts every Sunday at 5 p.m. with The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe and Joe talk to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank. This is your chance to hear Bishop Frank Caggiano talk about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. That's when you can hear It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. It's a late night show on Catholic Radio, and Liv mixes faith with humor, games, and dynamic interviews. There's a double dose of shows on Friday. First, at noon, it's Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Then, at 12.30 on Fridays, you can hear the focus on Veritas, where Peter Sonsky puts the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. And we are way in the breach with Joe Condit, founder and CEO of the Catholic Speakers Organization, the largest Catholic-focused speakers bureau in the world. We're having a great conversation. We're talking culture war. We're talking need for evangelization. These are the important conversations that need to be had. With that, I'm handing it over to Joe Resinello. Joe, you talked about some of the great speakers you have. Um, Let's talk about... uh the vetting process. This is something that's very important and people may have concerns about that. Tell us what you do for your speakers and when you basically present them to these events, how you uh, vet them properly and present that paperwork to those who are organizing those events. Sure. Yeah, no, that's a great question. In fact, it's a, you know, the vetting process has become a byproduct of where something when I started this organization back in 2006, I would take anybody. You know, I would just, I just wanted to preach the word of God. And then we got so big, I thought, well, now we really have a duty on our shoulders, you know, to make sure we vet people as when event organizers all over the world, you know, thousands and thousands of event organizers call us every year because they trust us to find them the speaker they're looking for. So we have to put a process in place here. You know, we just can't just keep taking anyone. We got to make sure who they are because unfortunately we've had speakers fall away from the faith you know, during their, their journey and we pray for them and hope they come back or we've had speakers go and, and do things that we've had to uh, pause, you know, the relationship until it was rectified. So, you know, it's, it's, we're not immune to those types of things either, but when someone wants to be a speaker, we, we first, we don't talk to anyone unless we get their letter of good standing from their bishop and their priest. Then we ask where they've spoken. We call people that they've spoken, uh, events that they've spoken at and ask them about them as a speaker. Uh, we look into all their blogs, their social media, their writings, and we go through it meticulously to see what kind of things they're preaching into the world. Cause you can find a lot about a person on personal social media stuff, you know, and uh, making sure they're not ever have said anything that would combat or disagree with the truths of the Catholic faith. And that's just the beginning. So, our, you know, I, I don't want to, I can keep going, but it would take the whole segment, but uh, the, the screening process takes as long as it takes, you know, folks ask, well, how do you, how long do you, how fast do you think you can have me vetted? Well, there's, every person's different, you know, cause everyone has something different. You never know what you're going to find and what needs to be addressed. So we go above and beyond making sure every one of our speakers is rigorously vetted, diocesan approved and have their certificates to preach to children, preach to parishes. So anyone that books a speaker from catholicspeakers.com knows that they're getting the best of the best. There are speakers we work with that aren't Catholic, and it blatantly says that on the website. Uh, one I have to, I had a long conversation with uh, his staff and himself is uh, Rudy Rudiger. Remember Rudy? from Yeah, Rudy? sure. Rudy unfortunately fell away from the faith. 
you know, and um, it says that right above his bio, but it's uh, talking with him and how much he inspires and his pro-life message, you know, we decided to continue to work with him. But it's, it's, it's very obvious when you go to any of our profiles, we work with someone that's, that's not Catholic. It says it right at the top, so you know. But a lot of these folks are speakers who we believe do much g- greater good than, you know, than, than not. And the pro-life message is normally where that it kind of comes to comes to a unison. Um, you know, one of my favorite stories is we had the opportunity in the very early on career of Lila Rose, if you're familiar with Lila Rose at Live Action, I got to work with her and our my organization got to work with her and her speaking before she was Catholic. So she when she first started doing her uh, live action videos, um, she was not Catholic. And so uh, working with folks like that, you never know where God's going to take them and plant a seed when they get into the Catholic world and get into the Catholic network. There's a lot of different speakers we've launched into the Catholic network, like a rocket ship, you know, after they've decided to leave their not leaves, most are still in their profession, but I'm thinking more Hollywood, uh, leave their profession and, and uh, come and start preaching the word of God. Another great example, you know, you're asking me about speakers, my mind goes on overload because there's so many of them and I want to highlight them all. But one of our recent um, sign-ons onto the bureau was Bug Hall. Now you may not know Bug's name is like a household name, but he was a very successful actor, still could be. He actually played the lead role in the remake of The Little Rascals. So I think he was alfalfa. alfalfa. Yeah. Yeah. And Bug uh, came to us saying, hey, I, I've decided to go a different direction with my life. I'm moving to Ohio uh, uh, or in the Ohio area. And uh, I want to focus more on God, you know, after what he's blessed me with as an actor. And his story is incredible. So plugging him into our network is a rocket ship, you know, to reach all the people he's looking to reach with, the, with such a wonderful message on, you know, here's where I've been. Uh, you know, I've achieved what every kid dreams about, whether you want to be a professional athlete or a movie star. But let me tell you what really is important, you know, and that's where the God message slips in. And that's why we made the uh, the Bureau. You know, Joe, you mentioned uh, Father Karapi. Uh, we were very blessed to work with him for, for a, a time. Uh, we booked him outside of his event. We booked him for events. We actually brought him to my hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, he also had that story, you know, that people found. Amazing. There. And he is, and he's an amazing preacher. You know why? And we still pray for him every day. And I, you know, I hope he makes a comeback. You know, right now everybody has a bump in the road. You know, we're all sinners. I mean, uh, for all he who cast the first stone, right? Um, his he didn't do anything innovative. All he did was preach the truth. Yes, that's I, 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 that's, that's it. it. That's so, the secret. Now he did it as a paisan would. Let's 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 call it. He's pretty pretty powerful, and he's, he's he is a paisan. But nonetheless, really, that's all he did was yeah. to say the truth. It's amazing. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry I cut you off. No, cut me off. We're all Italian here. You know, we're not. It's kind of weird not to be ch- cutting each other off and in three different <laughs> conversations at once. Hey, we had we had another one of your speakers on who's a friend of the show, Teresa Tamio. All right. Oh, uh, she's unbelievable. She, she was talking. We started the conversation talking about her meatball recipe. But go ahead. That's, that's uh, oh, she's amazing. amazing. You know, she has a big conference coming up. And I, and yeah, I that's what we were yeah. plugging. We were plugging. Yeah, for. she and she's actually fantastic. We of course at the bureau we had the pivot and the as they say in the coronavirus era where we have become masters of the online event. So anyone that's looking to do an online event, we do it for them, whole nine yards. They don't have to understand technology. And we, you know, we've raised thousands and thousands of dollars for organizations. So we're the ones behind that with Teresa. We're so blessed to be able to do that with her. But that's another speaker I'm glad you brought up. You know, Teresa Tamio, um, she speaks at many women's conferences all over the country and, and parish missions and you name it, family conferences. And she just inspires unbelievably with all the books she's written and, you know, her view on the media, which is a whole nother conversation, right? Where she's been in the secular media and now in the faith-based media with Ave Maria Radio. But uh, it's, you know, the, the Bureau itself, when it comes down to it, it is helping fight this spiritual battle that we're all in. And I have to use the word genius again, because the guy downstairs, I dare don't even speak his name. Uh, you know, he is the, the smartest being God created other than himself. He's nowhere near God. But for us to think that we're going to outsmart him, just as Father Karapi said, if you get in the ring with him, he's going to wipe you. So you better have God on your side and keep God in front of you, right? 
to think that we can outsmart him is just is 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 insane. So the the world that he has right now, where people just don't even know the spiritual battle is going on, or if they do, they don't really care. They don't make it a priority, and it's really going to affect us. And we're seeing that in politics. We're seeing that in policies that are being made. We're seeing that in the pro life movement. Uh, even though we made a great strides in the last four years, um, these next four years, from what it's already been seen, is going to be tough. You know, so we got to keep praying and be be in the fight. Guys got to learn to pull together. There's got to be William Wallace's that rise up and pull good guys together because the other side's doing it. They're getting funded by the billions, you know. So thank God for guys like you, Joe and Joe, that have day jobs, that are working hard. But you saw a, an angle. You saw something that you could do to make a difference. And I'm sure this radio show is going to influence millions and millions of people. And your episodes are going to live well beyond any of us are going to be alive. And that's what God called us to do. Leave that kind of legacy so people are always inspired. So God bless you too for, for having me on and having the opportunity to talk about what we're doing, but also creating this platform for folks like Teresa, Tommy, and myself where we can get out and get you know hopefully in front of new faces. Joe, that's very nice of you to say. Yes, thank um, you, Joe. And, and you, I want to touch on something because clearly, um, listen, you're a successful guy, but you talked about staying close to God. And that requires humility to say that because, I mean, we all, listen, we're in the world. We deal with people who make money. Uh, they're smart. They have, you know, fancy degrees. And people forget about God. They start to think they're God. Mm -hmm. um, and you said something I want to highlight that the devil is smarter than we are and he knows our weaknesses. We talked a little bit about that with Teresa when we interviewed her, how she said like, you know, the money was rolling in, her and her husband, her husband's an engineer, she's on network TV. And then their marriage started to fall apart. And it just little by little, talk about you as a professional man in the business world, successful, the need to live a sacramental life, the need to have a prayer life, it's so vital. I mean, like as a married man, my wife and I pray the rosary every night. Never. I've been married seven years. There has never been one night we have not prayed the rosary. Why? Because we're human. We need our lady. Talk about that need in your life as a person in the business world. Uh, I love it, Joe. It's a great question. You know, I, I, uh, success is relative, first of all, right? You know, I've been very blessed by God. I've, I've got good health and he's given me more than I could have ever imagined, especially in the relationships that have come out of the, the Speakers Bureau. Um, but that now I grew up in Ohio and now moving to Texas from a monetary perspective, you know, I've, I look around in this state and I'm almost on welfare, you know, <laughs> what's down here. So these Texans, they, it's bigger. It's true. That saying everything's bigger and badder. Um, but you know, we have to be content with what God's blessed us with, and we have to use our tools and our our, um, our talents that you both uh, highlighted earlier on in this interview. And as long as we do that, God is going to take care of you. As long as we wake up every day and we try and do his will, you can have the peace of mind and not worry because he's going to take care of you. Um, you know, in regard to myself and uh, keeping faith at the forefront, it all comes down to prayer. You know, I kind of look at prayer as the... Uh, the weights in the gym. Why do we go to the gym? We go to the gym to do violence on ourselves, right? That's what Lent's all about, a sacrifice. You go to the gym to violently rip your muscles. Why? So they grow back stronger. Having a, uh, a faith life, I, I, I have been a victim of not doing prayer and it just destroyed my faith life. And, you know, I got kind of became a, kind of a nomad in, in, the, in the world, you know, during my college years, and early 20s and uh, into my mid-20s and falling in and out, you know, I mean, I'm not immune to, to the same stuff any guy or girl is, uh, is tempted with in this world, but prayer is everything, and um, how you started this interview today with the, uh, you know, the prayer, uh, the memorari is just beautiful, you know, because it just reminds us to keep our mind on God, to keep, to rem remind us that everything that we're doing right now is, is hopefully influenced and we want to be influenced by God. Uh, so th that's what takes you through it is prayer and the rosary and the scapular. And I wish those types of things were, were talked about more, you know, at our pulpits. Um, it's just something, the, the true marks of Catholicism, me personally, um, this isn't a knock on anyone, uh, but I don't hear enough. I don't hear I mean, just think right now, Joe and Joe, when was the last time you heard someone at the pulpit say, you know, a priest, you better have your scapular on. You better say your daily rosary. You better avoid mortal sin. You better go to confession. 
In fact, as Catholics, you know, now I'm getting into the fundamentals of this battle. As Catholics, I know how I am and I try, I do my best. But if I don't go to confession in a month, there's no way that I can go to heaven or heaven, go, go to communion. Because I, I'm sure I got mad at some point. I said a cuss word, probably took the God, Lord's name in vain, whatever, you know. But you look around and everybody going to communion every Sunday. And then you ask, but what's the last time you've been to confession? I haven't been to confession in years. You know, these are just fundamental principles of the faith that are being lost. So what keeps me, you know, on is, is remembering those things. Because without tradition and fundamentals, I hope you guys are sports guys, you can't have a team. You can't have anything if you don't understand the rules of the game and the fundamentals of the game. Basketball is my sport. How do you shoot a free throw properly? If you don't know the form of shooting a free throw, you're never going to get good at it. So there's a lot of problems right now that we're facing the spiritual battle we're talking about and how you stick to your faith. And of course, if you go down to it, prayer is a great place to start and then actually make it a priority to seek the truth. To all my myself, I used to fall in this trap and my buddies, oh, Joe, God's not calling us to be theologians. Yet my buddy Billy, I just made up a name, can tell me the intricacies of the East Coast, West Coast offense of the NFL. Also tell you every stat of every single one of his favorite players. And he doesn't know the first answer to the catechism. Why did God make you? It's not his fault. That's a leadership problem. Back to William Wallace. And we need men to stand up instead call this out and say, hey, we need to make faith a priority. I know that your fantasy football league is doing great. But that's proof that if you put up five minutes of effort into learning your faith, you actually could be almost a theologian, which is all it takes, by the way. The I agree. Everything you said, I absolutely agree. <laughs> I got to say, Joe. You listen, should be on the show. You, should, <laughs> yeah, you can you, be on the show. We need to morph this into the front line with Joe, Joe, and Joe. This is this conversation that we're having right here on the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 on your AM dial. For those of you who just who are just joining us, you're at the front line with Joe and Joe, and we are speaking with Joe Condit, who is the founder and CEO of Catholic Speakers Organization. This is providential because this is what you just said in the last three minutes is exactly what we need to do. If Teresa Tommy is out there evangelizing the women and strengthening the women, and especially Catholic women in the face of the, the feminist juggernaut, okay, then this movement towards emasculating men in America or talking about toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity, we need to be the antidote for that. Now, we do have another, at least another 13, 14 minutes, but I do want to get it in now. Where do people go to book your speakers? I want to, I want to get that, and we'll say it again at the end, but where do people go to book your speakers, Joe? Thank you. Yeah, catholicspeakers.com. Just type in catholicspeakers.com. It'll give you everything you need as an event organizer to find speakers to book for your event. And if you're a Catholic speaker, whether you're established or aspiring, please just go on there, hit our contact page at catholicspeakers.com and send us a message. We'd love to start the rigorous vetting process with you and help you get your message out. And that's- And Joe, doing research for this uh, interview, I basically, the thing I liked about your organization was you do everything for the speaker. Basically, like you do the contracts, you do, basically you, as I'll use your words, you say, you do what you do best. You speak. We take care of all the rest. And that's great. Talk a little bit about that because I think that's like a big help to somebody who wants exactly. to win. Right. It's a perfect partnership. You know, we it's, it doesn't cost anything for a speaker to be a part of speaker Catholic Speakers Organization, which then allows us to provide them a personal page, a personal website that they don't have to pay for ever. So they get their own profile on the on the uh, the website and then that's where conference organizers can come and see their bio their videos their pictures learn about their books and merchandise they have it's a whole nine yards you're right we take care of everything for speaking in fact every profile has the letter of good standing on it so as an event organizer can just download their letter of good standing from their bishop you know they have all the the uh, certificates they need for approval. It just streamlines that whole process where there isn't all this back and forth. So yeah, we're very, very proud uh, and very uh, humbled to have the opportunity to have created this platform that is a perfect partnership with both the event organizer and a speaker. Awesome. Uh, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I, I basically also uh, read that you help uh, some of the events to defer the costs yes. and provide like some financial assistance. Could you talk about that as well? 
Yes, uh, we uh, for, for the last five years, and we're critiquing it now again. We've uh, made a five hundred one c three where people can donate, and you get a letter every year after you make a donation to tell you exactly what speaker it helped and what event you helped them get to. But we help parishes and events who don't have big budgets to bring in speakers, but without us, they never would have been have the opportunity to do so. So we have a fund specifically where when an event organizer calls us and truly doesn't have enough money, we take it from there and help them out as much as we can. And it's just been unbelievable because without that fund and the generosity of the, the public and other faith goers, you know, there's events that never would have happened or parishes that never would have been able to bring that speaker in. So that's another step, one of the many steps we've taken to try and streamline what? Putting on events, yes, but bigger than that, evangelizing the word of God. So every possible creative angle we can think of like that fund we try and take to make sure we get speakers out so they can talk about Christ. You know what we have to do? We have to try to convince people out there in America, faithful Catholics, to take to cancel their subscriptions to Hollywood, whether it be Hulu, whether it be HBO, whether it be Showtime, and take a portion of that money and give give to the Catholic Speakers Organization. Yeah, because to yeah. me, that's the more that's the more important. The messages coming from Hollywood not only are not important, they're outright evil in many cases. Whereas Take that 20 bucks or that 25 bucks. You could take a fraction of what you spend on Hulu every month. Okay. Oh, yeah. Drop in 10 bucks. Imagine if a million, a million faithful Catholics did that and say, here, I'll put in 10 bucks so that those four, five, six hundred, hopefully it's five thousand down the road, Joe, speakers that you have can get out there on the college campuses, at the men's conferences, at the women's conferences, all the parish missions to say, I'll throw in 10, 20 bucks a month for that. You know, all it takes is cancel HBO. Yeah. I wonder, that's not too difficult a choice. Um, Joe, that's unbelievable. I, I love how you said that because it puts it in perspective. It really does, you know. Well, think about think about collectively. We, we always talk in this country. I mean, I guess there's about 70 or 80 million Catholics. And again, not to sound judgmental, but there's about 18 to 20 percent of those Catholics that are regular mass attendees going to confession, as you said, once a month, praying the rosary. And God bless the rest of them. Again, we're not judging anybody. But I got to believe out of that 15 million or so Catholics who are doing all those things, okay, we could rally a good percentage of those people to start contributing to something that's going to really evangelize the culture. See, that's always, Joe and I are about solutions. We could sit here and complain all day long, but you're offering, Joe Condit, you're offering solutions. Now, we only have about eight minutes or so, and this is a conversation that we could go on for hours about, but we do want your take on it. Catholic business ethics, okay? Sure. And I want Joe to, to, to introduce it. I want you to talk for a few minutes about it. Basically, Joe, I mean, we all know saints are examples, but Catholics have to be examples. We're in the world, we're not of the world, and we have to be the light that shows people that's our job. That's what Christ gives us. And you're a, you know, you're a leader in business. Um, and there's there was an encyclical written by Pope Leo the Thirteenth on the on the condition of labor. It's yeah. the mutual relationship between ownership and labor. How do you basically look at those who work for you? Um, and and basically, I'd love to hear your comments because I think that's a very important thing that people have to hear. I mean, obviously, this is the New York metropolitan area. A lot of people are very successful. The people who are hearing our voice right now, many people could very well be CEOs of companies. Companies living in Fairfield County, Connecticut, Westchester, Northern Long Island. What would be your message with regard to how ownership has to deal with the folks that work for them? Well, it, it is a great question. It's, a, it's an age-old question. You brought up the encyclical written by, uh, it was uh, Pope Leo Twelfth, I believe. 13th. 13th. It's all good. 13th. Um, and basically what that talks about is one of the few sins that cry to heaven for vengeance. Uh, there's several of them. I know one of them is um, not giving a man his just wages. So there are some, one of the most powerful offenses to God, that's one of them, you know, the, the depriving a man of his just wages. So it is important for business leaders, folks that have created a company, um, created organizations like myself to realize that would not exist had it not been for the people that put their hard-earned effort into making that happen. It wasn't Joe Condit. You know, Joe Condit either had that may have had an idea, but it only goes so far with Joe Condit having an idea and then the execution. He needs people to help him do that. And every leader needs to remember it's better to give a little bit more than to try and penny pinch because 
you know, I've made the mistake of penny pitching in the past as many of us don't because you're trying to meet budget or, you know, even maybe even greed may even slip in, what have you. But, you know, my, my old 39 years or my young 39 years, I think much differently as a, as an entrepreneur and a leader than I was 25. And a lot of that was lessons of uh, making sure you go beyond taking care of people, you know, especially from a financial perspective, people are owed and do their just wage. And that is a, principle that any Catholic leader needs to have. You know, what does that mean? It means to just go above and beyond and give them a little bit more, be generous, you know, take care of them, recognize their hard work. It doesn't always have to be monetary. It could be other things. Um, it's, it's something that uh, is the, the, the fiber, you know, of an organization. If someone doesn't feel valued, if they don't feel like their life, I mean, how many guys do and girls do we know that, you know, to hate their job? you know, unfortunately. And the job could be much better if leadership would recognize the value of these people or at least make them feel like their work is, uh, you know, is, is more valuable than what they already make them feel like, which is in a lot of cases not. So um, that, that Joe, that uh, aspect that you bring up is, is such a battle for, you know, it's always has been and always will for people, the battle of greed and profit versus, uh, recognizing the people that actually help you get to that point to execute your company to where you can get the, the, the profit and making sure you um, correctly share that with them so everybody kind of wins in the end. But uh, yeah, that, that, that is one thing that I, my father told me about when I, my early on in my days. I didn't know that, but one of the sins that cry to, cry to heaven for vengeance is denying a man of his just wage. And then lastly on this, I know, I'm sorry, this answer is a little No, no, no we, this, is, this is so important, so important. We, we had, um, you know, I've learned the art of talking to event organizers or anyone that calls us about our speakers. And one of the things that we do for our speakers is help them get to a fair uh, arrangement, you know. And a lot of folks will have this misconception, well, wait a minute, Teresa Tamio is doing this for God. Or wait, you know, Jim Caviezel's super rich. Why does he need this money, you know? And that's a terrible way for, and Catholics, unfortunately, fall to this mindset way more than Protestants. We have Protestants call us all the time and book their mindset. And I just call it, I'm Catholic. I'm calling us out. The Protestant mindset is, wait, how much is he or how much is she? Great. We love her work. We want to support her. We're going to go raise it. We'll get back to you. That's the mindset. And is that why mega churches are dominating right now? Because they pulled and understand supporting each other. I don't know. I could put a theory toward that, but this idea that because we're all doing this for God, and we should be doing it for free then is ludicrous, you know, and that's where we stand in and help our event organizer or anyone understand, you know, these speakers need to eat just like you do. They have electricity bills just like you do. And there's a reason you're calling us to bring them to your event to raise, oh, by the way, tens of thousands of dollars, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, this is just the, when you brought up this topic, that's where it hits home for me on the, on, on, you know, the overall picture of the organization when it comes to the Bureau of helping people understand and educate them that these guys are doing the most important work on earth. Rather than going to Coca-Cola and buying your stock, which you don't gripe about a beer at the NFL game, which is nine bucks, hmm. but you're griping about a fee of a Catholic speaker talking about the most important things on earth. You know, our, our mindset needs to shift. It needs to shift. And so that all plays into, you know, the mindset and how we treat each other and, and what we do with profits and how we distribute money. It all comes together. And it just goes back to that one simple concept you brought up that, uh, you know, that God asks all men to pay each other just wages and to make sure that all men are taken care of justly and fairly when it comes to monetary means. Joe, you mentioned like <clears throat> your businesses have a similar model. Um, and just, you know, looking at some of the businesses that you've built, uh, it, it seems like that model is a win-win. Like the business wins and you win. In your food business, it seems like that's something that you keep in mind. And in this particular business, it, it's the same idea. The speaker wins and the people who are listening win. Talk about the idea that business exists to serve people and not the other way around. Joe, just real quick, and I'm sorry to do this to you. We have about a minute. so Yeah. No, that's simply, that's the best way it's said. It's to serve people, not the other way around. We don't let our egos get in the way. We don't lose part of our vision or most of our vision of why we started the company. Companies are, most innovative companies are started wide to solve problems. And you got to keep the customer and the person you're solving the problem 
four in mind first and not let the, the, the monetary value get ahead of it. And as long as you chase true value like that, um, the, the, the rest will follow. Yeah, I, and one of the distinctions that I, I really want to just throw in at the end here is that we always say on the show, because we get accused sometimes of being partisan, and we're not, and we're not ideological. We're Catholic, okay? So, you know, when you talk sometimes about labor, they say, well, the, 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 the right says, well, what are you, a communist? And then if you talk a little, you know, if you talk too much about business, then people say, well, didn't Jesus say about, you know, the rich man going through going to heavens like the camel through the eye of a needle? So we always have to make that distinction. We're, we're, we're not ideological. We're disciples of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's what we're trying to do. And if whether it's in business or through my labor, um, if I keep Christ as the center, you're not going to have a problem. Joe. Where can people find you and social media, your organization, and everything else? Yep, CatholicSpeakers.com. For social media, it's at Catholic Speakers. So you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, all the all the big tech, which, you know, of course, is uh, battling us as we speak. So it's the world we live in. But please, CatholicSpeakers.com. Come read about us. Find us. Reach out to us no matter what. Just send us a message. We can't wait to interact and hopefully bring a speaker to a, to a city or your city near you. And guys, thanks again for having me on. This has been such an incredible, inspiring way to start the day. And God bless you for the work you're doing. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much. And thank you, dear brothers and sisters, for joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Network, bringing the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York metropolitan area, 1350 on your AM dial for all Veritas content. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Network mobile app. Also follow Joe and I on Facebook and YouTube until they shut us down, of course. Like, like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation. And that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.